This week on the Jock and Nerd Podcast, we review Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut, Creed 3. Geek boner. Plus, Grogu is back as we break down the season three premiere of The Mandalorian. They're rebooting Hellboy again. Our first look at Seth Rogen's animated Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, The Last of Us, and more. All in this edition of the Jock and Nerd Weekly for Monday, March 6th, 2023. Hey, what's up? It's Taylor Gray, the voice of Ezra Bridger on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Hey, what is happening? How's it going? Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the Jock and Nerd Podcast, where we give you comic book and superhero TV and movie news, reviews, and whatever we choose. Jock and Nerd! My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. And joining us in this corner, coming in at a combined weight of one pound, four ounces, standing a towering 25 inches Fighting from the dumpster behind the Jimmy Johns. It's the Italian felty stallion, Radiant Rugberto Bambino. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> Otherwise known as Bukaki Balboa. Bukaki Bal- there it is. <laughs> Bukaki Balboa joining us. Yeah, hey, Imran, you you like threw. You got so excited to say that that you what you zoomed past half of our intro. Because I said, my name's Anthony, oh. and then you didn't know he's a jock, he's a nerd. You just went right into it, so I was thrown off. You know what? You Good. thought you didn't <laughs> do what I said. I was also thrown off. He's the jock, I'm the nerd, whatever. You know, I had I couldn't wait to do the boxer <laughs> intro. Thank you for, for pointing that out, Anthony, because that was going to bother me for the rest of the show. <laughs> yeah. I was like, what? This doesn't seem right at all. What just happened here? Did he hear what I even said? Trey, I heard you. Train wreck. He was so excited to do his Jimmy Buffer. <laughs> I had to do it before I forgot what the fuck I was coming up with, so... <laughs> Yes, my name is Imran. I'm the nerd. That's Anthony. He's the jock, and he is the rug boy. There. Hey, thank you. Clear. Uh, yeah. Some look. I'll keep you on your toes. Sometimes you guys, you got to bounce you around, do. back and zigzag, back and forth, jab, jab, punch, uppercut. Can't just be a stationary target. That's right. No, no you got to move around. Make yourself a small target. Turn sideways. All that shit I learned from <laughs> Rocky <you>. movies. <laughs> uh, but we will talk about Rocky later. We got two reviews of some fun things. Let's get it started. <laughs> The Jock and Nerd Podcast. He's the jock. Oh, wait, we already did that part. Never mind. Uh, (laughs) We are going to review the season three premiere of The Mandalorian. Mando is back on Disney+. Plus. Here are your spoiler alerts. Let's do it like this. Come on, baby. Do the magic hand thing. Let's spoil some shit, Batman. I'm mixing corporate IP there. I hope that's okay. <laughs> sure. Uh, we are up to, this is season three, episode one, also known as chapter 17. Uh, episode titled The Prostate. Wait, that's not right. It's The Apostate. <laughs> oh, that, that, that's what the two fingers are for. The, the material right <laughs> itself. <laughs> does right it does right itself. Uh, last time we met up with, so just to catch everyone up, season two of the Mandalorian ended uh, in December of 2020. Then we got a book of Boba Fett, which we didn't realize was like season two and a half of the Mandalorian. 
That ended February 2022. So, Anthony, yeah. we'll go over the plot because it's real short. 30-minute 30, 30 episode. How about you catch us up? Where are we? Oh, geez. At this point with <laughs> Mando and Grogu. What the fuck has been going on? Oh, man. You're asking me to catch yes. up. I usually can do this, but this is the thing I'm... The franchise I've always been least interested in that we talk about. So let me think. Let me think. Uh, well, at the end of Book of Boa Fett, Grogu had a choice between being a Jedi with Luke and training with Luke or stay, going on adventures with um, Mando. Yeah. And if he chose one or the other, he couldn't basically do the other thing anymore. And he chose to go back with Mando. So now he's back with Mando. And um, I guess I'll jump in the plot. Mando is looking to get some redemption because he took his mask off and he's looking to bathe in the beautiful waters of Lake Minnetonka. I mean, he's looking to uh, <laughs> bathe in the waters of Mandalore. Is yes. that what it is? Under, yeah, in yeah. the mines of Mandalore or something. The mines of Mandalore. And he's looking to figure out if Mandalore's who can help him. If Mandalore's still a thing, if it's cursed and, uh, and he's got pirates after him. That's about it. That's all I got. Yeah. And also timeline wise, you know, the last thing they gave us was Andor that takes place before a new hope and rogue one between episode two and three, this show takes place after return of the Jedi many years after like on the way to the first order in the, the, the new sequel trilogy. So we got to shift our whole time frame and reorientate the audience because yeah, a lot of crazy shit happened. And I think people would have been confused had they not watched book of Boba Fett. They'd be like, what, what happened? What the fuck? The last thing I remember is a tearful goodbye. And now everything's happy hunky-dory. So, uh, again, Anthony, I'm going to go to you. Overall, oh. we'll dig into the plot some more. But what did you think of uh, this return of Mando? I thought it was all right. I thought it was all right. I didn't hate it. So it just, it's always good when I don't hate something that's Star that's Wars. Good. It's obviously not going to be in the same tone as Andor. So we just need to get over that. But we knew what this tone was. And it's... Sticking to it, I would say I like. Thought the opening CGI with the dinosaur crocodile thing looked pretty good. Okay, yeah. Thought um, I thought that they kind of established what this is. Like he's looking for redemption, and he's going to all different sects of Mandalorians and getting different viewpoints on it and different ideas for help. I forgot even how it ended, though. That's the thing. I, what? How did it end? Uh, this episode. Yeah, abruptly. It I does. Think. Remember, they visit. Uh, he visits Bo Katan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and, when he leaves, that's it. Uh, yeah, and then they just okay. leave okay, to go okay. so, find yeah, the that, thing. I thought it was all right, but I'm going to defer as as usual with Star Wars, unless I feel real strongly about it. I'll defer to you guys. Rugs, did you enjoy the return to your what do we call this? Orthodox Star Wars, classic Star Wars. A lot. I mean, they gave us many different worlds. Lots of Mandalorians, lots of Easter egg alien species. Very Slavic Star Wars. Yeah. Very Slavic Star Wars. Uh, you got to see a lot of fun things. Did you enjoy this return here? It was kind of mid. Oh, it was this mid. Oh, boy. Oh, look at this oh, guy shit. using no, the uh, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> using the kitty terms. Um, all you Tic Tacers out there, Talk whatever you say. Yeah, whatever <laughs> you're doing. You're flossing, you're whatever you're doing, whatever you're doing. Dental hygiene is um, important. Yes. Sure. Everyone do yeah. that. Um, I felt like, okay, uh, I kind of think that this plot is weak from the get-go. 
I don't like this whole idea that they have to wear their helmets on all the time. Like, what is that? Like, that's ridiculous. Somebody needs to change that policy, right? Like, like there, that just doesn't seem like it's a, you can, how are you going to eat? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? Who cares if you take your helmet off? Like, what? Is- <laughs> so if you're in private, I guess it's okay. Yes. I don't know. Didn't yes. we establish that in the first few episodes? He could do that. Yeah. He would take it so, off to eat if no one's around. So nobody can see. So it's just this whole like hard line of not taking off your helmet. I thought that was weird, but. It's interesting to see that uh, Bo-Katan has now given up on trying to galvanize the remaining Mandos and uh, that she's just like, well, you got the sword. You have the dark you saber. Do you you do it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of strange that Bo-Katan just sitting there on her throne in an empty castle. Lounging out just, with her leg up. I kind of yeah, like that pose. She just, yeah. like, what, is she just sitting there all day? Yeah, what's, what's she on? doing? What's she waiting? Yeah, what is she looking at? <laughs> Is there is there like a TV with like uh, uh, Housewives of Naboo on there? Or something? There's like, one I don't droid, know. and that's it. Like, <laughs> I'm glad you. Po- I found that odd too. I was like, what? There's nothing going on in that room. Why would you yeah. sit there? <laughs> How long has she been sitting? How that? did you know she he was coming to yeah. sit there? No, you know where she was? that's what she just she just does that. <laughs> it just what? it's not silly like that. You're doing that when no one's but there. But somebody pointed out she was sitting like Darth Maul. In the Rebels, how he sat on the throne when he got the throne of Mandalore or something. I don't know if that's what they were doing. Oh, I guess. Okay. That might be true. I didn't remember that. But um, the fact that he went to go get the droid that was detonated in, in, in like uh, yes. in a million pieces. Like, why do you want? Like, I don't. I don't. I wasn't really understanding. IG-11 voiced by Taika Waititi. Uh, so I kind of am like a little bit. Not, I'm not down on it. I'm just like dubious like a little bit like what are you doing but i'm sure it'll all come together but i feel like the important thing that we learned is that bo no longer interested in leading the mandalorians the mandalorians have fucked off and they're not like galvanized at all they're just i guess they're all on their own doing shit and uh mando's kind of on his own it's an interesting way to begin a lot of shit happened though it was very short but yes a lot of things happened and it's kind of like almost like an opening prologue chapter setting up the mission objective and the quests. And he's just going to be going from one thing. Like he's got to get, get this thing to get the droid to go to Mandalore. And, but that's the show, right? And that's the fun part. Yeah. He does a lot of like, you know, little, little side missions. Yeah. Every episode is going to be like a little side mission, very short episode, but they did pack. I enjoyed it overall. Uh, it was fun. Like getting reintroduced and reorienting yourself to this. I, I felt it was necessary. Yeah, I feel like if you didn't watch Book of Boba Fett or or uh, remember what happened, uh, you're going to be a little bit confused. You know, it was it's- odd, though. You know how they did the opening recap of like previously on like they didn't even mention the whole fucking thing from Book of Boba Fett or him Grogu coming back or any of that. They just left all that Nothing. out. It was weird. I was like, wouldn't you put that? Why didn't with it? What's and happened? Moff Gideon's still around. Yes. So, okay. So. Here's what I like the I, this the sect of Mandalorian that he is that doesn't remove their helmets. It's like it's all very like religious offshoots, right? Like they're the death child of the watch, I think is what they're called. Right. Yeah. So and there was only two of them the last time we saw them, and this episode opens and they're doing a ceremony to like a baptism, and there's like a shitload of them. I don't know where they got all these people. They got a lot of Beskar, a I guess. A lot of uh... Beskar molding the thing. Uh, that kid. It's interesting because I thought it was a flashback in the beginning, right? They kind of make you think, is this Din Jaren getting his Mando? Uh, that kid is Jimmy Kimmel's nephew, Wesley Kimmel, uh, playing that kid. Wesley. Wesley. So that's great, but you would think they would hold this ceremony maybe 
little further away from the shore uh, because maybe they, they were aware of giant alligator monsters in the water. Like, why are you holding it there? But I love that. <laughs> that kaiju fight was great. I love when he does the spinny move like an alligator. Fucking throw them off. Yeah, I thought it was. Well, that was fun. It was a fun it was action good. scene. It was well done. A good action scene does not make a great show, but I, it was very good. Yeah. I'll, I'll, let me add, I did really like, if we're talking about things we like, yeah. I, I was, as cheesy as it might be, I was laughing when uh, they're fixing the droid with oh those little God, people. Oh, my God, yes. The, the, uh, and then the, yes. and then Grogu's like, trying to like hug them, and they're all like, they're saying the weird <laughs> stuff. Like, and I like that Carl Weathers' character is translating for them, even though everyone could understand exactly what they're saying. That's the Anzellans. They're droid smiths. Uh, uh, Babu Frick was in Rise of Skywalker. Gotcha. Uh, and they were hilarious. And they're like, no, no. Look, and they, look, they, they look like they use real puppets, too. Yeah. There. Yeah. I didn't know if Grogu wanted to hug them or eat them, but it was adorable. Probably a little bit of both. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, no, no, it's broke. Your droid broke. We're going to fix. Okay, no problem. We fix. We bring it. We, bring it, we, make, it, we make a fix. Oh, it ends because he, he has to go find the. the yes. The console or the, the dashboard, so, whatever the fuck you yeah, call it. So it, when, the, when Mando visits the armorer, he's like, I found this rock. There's Mandalorian writing. If I can go to Mandalore and prove that it's breathable and, and uh, bathe in the mines, I'm redeemed. She's like, this is the way. But to do that, he needs IG-11. I love that That's whole scene. The only scene. droid he trusts. Yes, the only droid he trusts. We know he doesn't like droids, but he, he's changed because of IG-11 sacrifice. I love that there's a statue for him. And then I love when he turns back on, he switches back to his primary uh, motives and you get a total like Terminator style scene where he's just trying to kill them. So to get IG fixed, he's got to get a new memory circuit, which are hard to find. There it is. So now the, the mission, the quest is go find this memory circuit. from Which seems like somewhere. a stupid mission. Yeah. <laughs> it does seem like a stupid mission. I have two things. This is classic Mando, yeah, right? Yeah. It's always like he's got to go do this to get this yeah, to, to happen. This, this to happen, yep, right? It's yep. like it's always like chasing something. It. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Go to Mando. What the fuck? I did find it odd that they like made a statue for this thing. And then like two seconds later, uh, Apollo Creed was like, <laughs> yes. oh, I know who I know guys who can fix that. It's like. Yeah. Well, couldn't you, then why, why did you just fix you it? it? Why did yeah. you make a statue for him if you if you know people that can fix this thing? Yeah, it's ridiculous. Those things were adorable. <laughs> you also saw the um, remember Salacious Crumb from Return of the Jedi, Jabba's little pet. Yeah, they're had. in the trees. Yeah, they live free there. So Navarro, how much time has passed? Because Favreau said I think it's two years. Yeah, Favreau said years. that Grogu was with Luke for like two years. Right. So Navarro is now. Prosperous, progressive, thriving. And a great guitarist. Anyway. Dave Navarro is a great guitarist. <laughs> James Addiction, Red Hot Chili Peppers. You know. Now he's on uh, that Netflix show making tat- or uh, hosting tattoos. Oh, he's on the tattoo yeah. show? Yeah. yeah. Dave Navarro is great. That's what yes. it is. Uh, I love yeah. that scene when they're traveling through hyperspace and you see those giant space whales. Rug- That's right out of the Rebels, I yeah, think. Yeah, what right? are those rugs? Do you recognize those things? Uh, evidently, they could they could fly in the, in, into the warp stream. They could warp. They're pergils or pergils or pergils. And apparently in Rebels, you learn that like this is how they learn to travel through hyperspace. Yeah. By watching these space whales do it. They're like, oh, shit, we could do that. So but the the way they did it, they didn't really explain it. You saw the scale of the fucking thing. It was great. Those things were huge. Yeah. They used them as weapons, I think, in the in the Rebels. It was pretty sick how they used it. Uh, and then regarding uh, Cara Dune and Moff Gideon, we do get a, a quick line. Uh, Gina Carano, of course, let go from the show over mm-hmm. tweets and shit, right? Is that what happened? Yep. <laughs> she gone. She gone. 
tell Karga tells uh, Mando Marshall Dune Cara Dune she was recruited by special forces after bringing in Moff Gideon who was sent off to a New Republic war tribunal. But I also think like Mando already knew that and he said that in the Boba Fett episodes. So it's all getting a little loosey goosey here. I don't know. Yeah, it seems a little bit like eh, fuck it. Just watch the show. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and then pirate. The pirate scenes were great. Little great duel, and then a dogfight at the end. Pretty good action scene. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah, a lot of stuff happened in this like little half hour. They, they, the, I was gonna say about the pirates. They're they still do a really good job making their faces look really yeah practical real. masks yeah, and practical. shit. But they they looked amazing. So we meet a new dude, pirate King Gorian Shard, who looks like Swamp Thing or like something from like yeah, Spaceballs. I don't know. It looked that like was he was cool. wearing um. It looked like he was wearing like a fake Christmas tree on his face. <laughs> he looked like Pizza the Hut from fucking Spaceballs. Yeah. Just stuff dripping off of him. That's very Star Wars-y, though, too. So, very Star Wars-y. So, you know this guy's going to be giving Mando trouble throughout the season. New antagonist to follow him around, be a pain inside. And, uh, yeah. Are they building towards some sort of, like, Mandalorian war or something? That, that was the vibe I got. Not war, but just like a... There's like different factions in the there Mandalorian. Are I factions. feel like it's going to be the battle for Mandalore. I think that uh, Din Djarin is going to discover that there's Mandalore is not like this wasteland that, or maybe there is some kind of redeemable quality when he gets to Mandalore and he realizes that uh, maybe you should whip that sword out. Yeah, where's the dark saber? Why we saw him learning how to use it in Boba Fett. Those are kind of cool scenes. Um, but he's like, I have it. It's safe. I don't know where it is. Uh, why doesn't he just whip it out? Is he better with it? Excuse me while I whip out my, <laughs> my, my dark, dark saber. saber. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I love Grogu being uh, just a little kid spinning in the chair, force spinning himself in the chair. Like that's, uh, you know, you find a revolving chair. So that was just, cute. Yeah. I like, I like, uh, Carl Weathers' cape. Oh, the, he's got little droids carrying his fucking cape. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. He's high magistrate. He's like, that's, that's high right. magistrate to you. That's right. Uh, and we got to see a lot of Mando weapons in the beginning. That was kind of cool. Although none of them works against that fucking thing. <laughs> uh, it was all for Jedi's. So overall, yeah, good. What? First chapter back into the show. I feel like it up to you guys. What did you think? I feel like a lot happened. It was definitely it moved very quickly. I just after watching Andor and I can't you know, maybe want this, but I want something that feels like it was as well thought out as Andor. Doesn't have to be as serious, but I mean, you they clearly knew what they were doing with Andor. Yeah. And uh, they had, you could tell that there's the next, they're going to end at the next season. Yeah. But, but so they have a beginning, middle and an end. They know where it's going to end. I feel like hopefully they, they stick the landing on that, but this one, could learn some lessons from from that so, show. I, I, I think you might not like this news. I saw Favreau has said he's already written season four, and he's also said he is writing with no ending in mind. So he doesn't know where he's going. That hmm. sounds about right because they probably had no idea that Mandalorian. I mean, they thought it would, they hoped it would do well, but they definitely didn't have a beginning, middle, and end. So right, and they now they know they can like milk it and stretch it out of what a hit it is. Uh, here's the thing like andor people talk like actual fucking people right like humans would talk this show is like so star wars talky i mean it's great but it gets really corny no oh, yeah it's super corny like when that bust of his head smashes the droid he goes that's using your head i was like really 
Really? That's the line? Okay. Okay. It, it was a show that I would say I watched it. For me, it was inoffensive, but it also, like, after watching it, maybe after watching something else shortly after, I've completely forgot what I'd watched. Well, they're also, like, real short, digestible episodes, right? It's, right, not, it's, a, it's just, not a big time. It's a snack. Yeah. A little snack. Yeah. Keep it going. So that's what this is. It's fine. If that's what they're doing, it's It's fine. not offensive like Boba Fett, where you got a fat guy. Yes. Swinging around his dick, and then uh, and then trying to convince me that he's like this amazing warrior. Well, the fat, yeah, yeah, that was a little weird. I mean, that's that's all on how you direct it. To be honest yeah. with you, there was just Robert Rodriguez is not the guy. So, no. or or having a little girl I was, outrun. I was going to bring that grown up. men. Yes, <laughs> outrun flee like, from the red hot chili Obi Wan. Yeah. Oh, you talk about Obi Wan? Yeah. yeah. Obi Wan well, was. About, I'm, yeah, I'm bashing. Two things at once, but yeah. that was the other thing I was going to bring up because yes, yeah, stuff like that. No, but the show's always it's been completely fun. different. Yeah. It, yeah, I mean, it's like you watch this and you watch Andor, and you're like, these are just two vastly different shows. Yeah, and it's awesome that there's these two sides of Star Wars because why not? Why can't there it be both? Yeah, things? that's true. No, it, uh, they could exist in the same universe, just like uh, Ant Man and like you know Winter Soldier could exist. Yeah, that's cool. So. It works for either of them. Just uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, yes. And currently, Pedro Pascal on like two of the biggest shows on TV at the same time. Yeah. He's riding high right now. Protecting children. He is the Internet's daddy. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, with his helmet on, off, doesn't matter. Pedro will protect us all. Yeah. Just give him your kid. <laughs> yes. You know, give him your kid. He will get him there. <laughs> yeah. He'll take him on an adventure. Uh, all right, good stuff. We will, uh, you know, we'll talk about it as it goes on and uh, review the whole season once it ends, as we do. Uh, let's take a quick break here, play some promos after the break. It's time to talk about Rocky movies. After these messages, we'll be right back. Shalomi, my homies. This is Dan from Netflix and Swill. Every year, Gerald from Two Piece puts on his personal movie awards, affectionately called the Golden Peas, honoring the previous year in film. This year will be the first year as a YouTube broadcast, and we'll have special guest presenters giving out awards in seven movie categories, including Best Movie, Best Female Performance, and Best Horror Movie, just to name a few. And the best part about all of this is that the winners are voted on and chosen by you. These awards are 100% based on your participation and votes. Please help me share and promote the Golden Peas leading up to the event, and don't forget to cast your ballot this year. Head over to twopeasonapod.com slash goldenpeas to see the list of nominees and cast your votes. And then be sure to tune in on Monday, March 13th at 9.30 p.m. Eastern to see the winners revealed live on YouTube. We will have some fantastic special guests, and Gerald will be joined by co-host, the god of podcasting himself, Loisos. We hope you join us this year to once again celebrate our shared love of the movies. What's up, Jock and Nerd Nation? This is Logan at Mostly Superheroes, a podcast that was partly inspired by the Jock and Nerd podcast. We talk about a lot of the same stuff, MCU, DC heavy, with other content that comes out of HBO Max, Amazon Prime, Netflix, and more. We're committing to doing something new every day in 2021, so come join the fun, check out the schedule. Find us at MostlySuperheroes.com and enjoy the rest of the show. Doc and Nerd. 
Listener, if you enjoy the show, you should definitely sign up for our awesome Patreon Jock and Nerd fan club. Jock and Nerd. Jock and Nerd. Visit jockandnerd.com slash Patreon, and you'll see all the tiers, the benefits, how you can give back and support the show. Huge thank you to our latest patron. Very generous pledge by one Mr. Dirk Overton. (laughs) Thank you, Dirk. Thank you, my man. Thank you for supporting the show. Dirk, he gets everything. At Dirk's level, he gets access to a exclusive RSS feed. Yeah. Where the shows come out early. There's bonus content. He would have heard all of our instant reactions to Creed 3, the movie we're about to review. Yeah. As bonus, he gets access to our Discord monthly hangout. Discord benefits. Wow. It's a, it's a good time. Does you guys he also are- get access to your OnlyFans? My OnlyFans is under maintenance right now. I've shut it oh, down. Okay. So, but he will eventually. Uh, this The Discord happens every month. Check our Patreon page for the date. He also gets to pick any movie and force us to watch any movie and review it just for him. Don't say force because then you'll pick, they're going to pick okay, shitty you can stuff. Pick yeah. a good movie for us to review. Your favorite movie. The last one we were um, good on. We didn't shit on. So, yeah. And uh, he also gets a T-shirt. Oh, shit. At his level, Dirk, you will be getting a Jock and Nerd exclusive T-shirt. Thank you so much for your support. If any of that sounds like fun, hit the link. It's in the show description, jockandnerd.com slash Patreon. Okay, let's get to this week's movie review. Just out, we will be reviewing Creed 3. Here's your spoiler alerts. Strap yourselves in, you fucks. Spoiler time. The third Creed, the ninth Rocky movie, whatever you want to call it. This is a franchise uh, that is old as I am, 75 years. No, not that old. Uh, Rocky, <laughs> the first movie coming out, 1976, like almost 50 years of Rocky movies. It's crazy. Yeah, wow. On Rotten Tomatoes, the movie Creed 3 currently sitting at 87% on the tomato meter. Ooh. 7.1 out of 10. Audience, Ooh. 96%. All right. The movie was made for about $75 million, which is like the highest budget of any of the Creed movies, and opens opening weekend domestically to a respectable like $58.7 million. In fact, knocking out Ant-Man for the number one spot this weekend, only after two weeks, Ant-Man's down. Hmm. Down and out. Currently, it is sitting at $101 million world, worldwide, which isn't isn't bad. This is... A franchise best, franchise high. Uh, the first Creed opened to $29 million, Second Creed opened to $35 million, And now uh, they got to $58. Uh, this one, directed by Michael B. Jordan in his feature film debut, directorial debut, directing himself just like Stallone did, first movie, and a couple of movies, uh, with a screenplay from Keenan Kugler and Zach Balin, starring uh, Michael B. Jordan, of course. As Adonis Creed, Tessa Thompson returning as Bianca's wife, Jonathan Majors playing Damian Anderson. We got Wood Harris returning as Little Duke, Tony Little Duke Burton, Felicia Rashad as Adonis's mother, um, and uh, Mila Davis Kent playing their daughter Amara Creed. Also, quick cameos by Florian Montenu. I can't say that name. Victor Drago. Victor Drago coming back. Uh, and a couple other people. Did I miss anyone? That's the main cast. Yeah. No. No sly though. 
but the first Rocky, technically Rocky movie, to not have Sylvester Stallone. That's kind of yep. yeah, kind of crazy. But we could we can get into that a little we'll bit later. But let's, uh, Anthony, tell me about your theater experience. Give us the plot. What happens in Creed Three? Oh, I saw this on a Sunday. There's no oh, okay. theater experience. Mellow. It was a Sunday afternoon, and probably fifteen people there. No one sitting in the the premium seats because they're a dollar more. Um, I didn't see that when I bought tickets. I did. You I did. It's like a dollar more. And I didn't. Premium seat. AMC. Huh. But uh, huh. I saw it IMAX. So there was that. Yeah. Creed three. So Creed three. We are at a place now where Apollo Creed, not Apollo Creed, Adonis Creed. Excuse me. Is champion. He has just won his last fight. Retired. He's been retired for about three years. He's now in the promotion business, training fighters, and someone from his past that he's known as a child and was also into boxing and even a better boxer than he was, um, was put in jail, just gets out of jail, and shows up in his life and is looking for assistance in still trying to achieve his dreams of being a boxer because he had seen Adonis be a boxer and basically do all the things that... Uh, which is played by Jonathan Majors, uh, playing Damian Anderson or Dame Anderson. He sees that uh, Adonis lived the life he wanted to live, and we jump into um, sort of their friendship turned rivalry, plus uh, Adonis dealing with the fact that someone from his past has come back and it was a part of his life that he wanted to repress, and he's dealing with... Um, that with his family and telling his family about that and also um, trying to raise his daughter to not have the anger issues that he has. So a couple yeah. things going on. A lot of things this. going on. And no Sly. Did I mention that? No yeah, Sly. no Sly. And uh, <laughs> what did you think? Was Sly missing? Does Michael B. Jordan do a good job? I think Michael B. Jordan does a good job. I think I, I did miss Sly. Don't get me oh, wrong. Okay. But I think within the context of the story, it doesn't necessarily need Sly. The reason I miss Sly is I think Sly, I love, don't get me wrong, I like Creed a lot. I think Sly's character is just a little bit more likable than Adonis. Mm. But but other than that, I'm not going to focus too much on him because this movie is more about Adonis, his family, his struggle, yeah. his past coming back to him, and also kind of Michael B. Jordan's first time on the big stage as far as a director. I think overall, I like the movie. I think it's a solid movie. Um, I think there's some good performances from Majors, from Tessa Thompson, from what's his name, Michael B. Jordan's good. Yep. I really like Majors as the as the like antagonist. Yeah, you know, after nine films, there's only so many ways you can film a boxing fight, and I, I kind of liked that he took a risk with some of the way the boxing is shot. Yeah, in terms of making it almost like a surreal type thing, mm-hmm. um, which you know. People might love or hate, but at least he to- he put his stamp on it and made it something different. And the way he kind of shot some stuff with the music and all that, I thought it all was a little bit. Um, it was different. He like you could tell that he was trying to do something here, right? Yeah. The only criticism I have of the movie is, well, two things. One, there's no way in hell like this story would ever play out. There is like some suspension of disbelief you have to. But but this is also a Rocky franchise, it's a Rocky right? Movie. So so. You kind of have to, you know, you kind of do that. This is the thing. Um, I did feel like it, it. I don't know how long was the movie, like two, two and a half, two twenty. It felt 15? shorter than that. Maybe it's just two hours. Is it just two hours? I felt like it could have been longer. Yeah. 
And the reason I say that is... It's 156. Oh, wow, 156. Yeah. So I felt like it could have been longer just because the turn from uh, Jonathan Majors as Dame being like good to all of a sudden like he was working him the whole time. Yeah. And then they're just building to the fight. I feel like they kind of rushed through that. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like they could have like breathed. They could have let that breathe out a little bit more and really explored the more of their relationship. Because the best part is them two interacting yeah. and like. So I, I feel like that was a little bit shortchanged. But overall, um, I like the movie. Nice. I, 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 and I'll, let me add this too. I I freaking love the Rocky franchise. Yeah. Like these movies as a kid made me want to be a boxer. <laughs> So like all these movies of all Rocky's one even five I've loved oh, boy. And then Rocky Balboa yeah. and then now these Creed franchise I don't necessarily love them the way I love the Rocky movies because I I wasn't a kid watching these movies but I just have a great appreciation for all these films and the fact that it's still a franchise yeah and um it's the best sports franchise ever and so I have a huge affinity for this entire thing I just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, the legacy is clearly there. The fact that they're still making Rocky movies, you know, yeah, and Creed was later. like the the blueprint for how to like do a legacy sequel, yeah, right? Yeah, Where you yeah. like take something that no one thought they wanted, but continue that story. So, yeah. all right, go ahead. Yeah. Guys. So, Rugs, how did this movie hit you? In in a lot of ways, it is very much a Rocky movie, but then there's things that are trying to make it fresh and push it into its own thing. Did it work for you? Um, sometimes and sometimes not. Um, overall, I think this is a successful movie. Michael B. Jordan, like, you know, he planted his flag in, in this and he really is now showing himself off as like, look, I'm a director now. I can do this and do it well and do it well. I don't think this was any, you got Ryan Coogler on the, was it on the last one or the one before the first this one? one. He, he was the, the first, first one, one and then Capel Jr. Jeff Capel, I think. Yeah, Steve Capel. Yeah, so the, Steve Capel. the first one was very well directed yeah. and this is, I feel like this is just as, as good in a lot of ways. Um, as far as direction is concerned, story is where it's weak. Um, let's just get the elephant out of the room about Stallone. I ha- I feel like I have to talk about it, even though this is not his movie. Do you know why he's so, not in this movie? Well, 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 let, let me, uh, so uh, him and Ir- Irvin Winkler are, are at odds because um, yeah. he wanted uh, to be to have some ownership of the Rocky franchise. And and he was been trying to get, it, I guess, because he wants it for his kids, the legacy, you know. Yeah, he sold it off many years ago. Yeah, when he was vulnerable and yeah. needed money. Yeah, yep. And so this guy's like, fuck you, but you should at least give him a piece. But he didn't. So uh, I guess he uh, used that leverage. He said, I'm not going to be in the movie. And uh Stallone didn't really like the direction that this movie was going in Correct. anyway, because yeah. these Creed films, as much as they're great films, they're not really Rocky films and not because Rocky's not in them, because what is a Rocky film? Right. Rocky is a movie you can watch with the entire family. That's not offensive that I mean, other than the violence that's going on and they're inspirational. Yeah. And the, and the, the people are larger than life. Underdog and stories. It's about, underdog yeah. stories overcoming things yeah. and uh figuring out your place in the world and now and creed does some of those things yeah. but what it's also doing is is making a very mature mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. the music has got curse words in it mm-hmm. like all this stuff like it's just like you can't take like a like a 7-year-old boy to this thing I mean, or 7-year-old it's, it's still kid PG-13 yeah you can't it, it, it's it's aging out of like that whole universal appeal it's very it's becoming 
more of a, uh, I guess a smaller, your smaller target audience in a way. So I understand what Stallone was talking about. Um, so, but it's okay. Like Creed's supposed to take the franchise in a new direction and all of that, but it does have its growing pains there. Uh, I also think that when you have someone like Stallone that sets up, wrote, uh, it was the driving force behind this franchise to not give that character its proper, like, re- like, I guess, like end piece. Mm. Like, I, I think you could say, okay, he went home and visited his son and that's it. But there's literally many opportunities why they could have had him in the film or mentioned him in the film. Other than that, they mentioned him just as the gimmick to the fight. Him, yeah, they mentioned him like twice. That's it. Yeah. So that so to get that out of the way, I had to get that out of the way before I actually talk about the movie. So it would have been nice. I feel like they were smart in not, um, I guess, go, making a final statement like, oh, he's dead right. or whatever. Killed him off. Because they could come to their senses. Sure. But if Rocky, if Stallone's even alive when they make the next one, if they make another one. Um, they plan which, to make another one. For yeah. Afterwards. So they could have the opportunity to tie it up then, but then you kind of got this weird, like, you know, weird hole there. But okay. All that said, all that out of the way. Um, here's my nitpicks. Um, I think the movie's good. I think Jonathan Majors is, uh, a cool character. Um, but I do think that there is an opportunity there and I feel like this movie's about trauma, but we never actually get into the trauma other than like, uh, they they really don't they they could have maximized that all right I think that that was one of the things that Stallone didn't want to get into like abuse and stuff like that but now that he's not in the movie let's go for it then I I don't know like let's I mean what is that I mean, what the was trauma going with on? the with the the dad not the yeah that dude who used to beat yeah. them up I didn't yeah, yeah. even oh I, yeah I, it was yeah, yeah. I, I didn't even I didn't even feel like that was given its due no it wasn't and then on top of that when. Felicia Rashad dies or she's sick this whole time. No other family members. Didn't they have, don't they have uh like, doesn't she have kids? Yeah, she had kids and they never show up. Well, and like, yeah, this that, is, I thought that was, odd. this is where Rocky would have showed up, right? Her fucking funeral. Yeah. And Rocky would have yeah. showed up or somebody would have showed up. Even like, you know, any of the, any of the people from the previous movies would have showed up. Yeah. Um, so that was an opportunity there. Even like my, my Laventa Milia could have showed up, you know, oh, like Rocky's son. Yeah. 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 They could have done something. But the point is, is that a lot of people were missing from this funeral. So they were really like laser focused and blind to any other characters they needed in the story that would have made it feel more real or make it feel like that this is a real lived in place. Like, like, I don't know. It was just weird that he mentions his brothers and sisters. They were never my brothers and sisters, but like to the point where you never like now Felicia Rashad doesn't ever talk to them. That's weird. I think that that was my main two things that was like, what? Like, I, I, I couldn't believe they didn't do that. But um, Drago being set up. Yeah, they're, fr- they're friends Majors. now. Yeah, oh, they're friends. Adonis and Drago, yeah. Yeah, they're friends. And uh, that's kind of a strange thing, too. But I could understand that. They respect each other at the end of the fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, I Because I watched a little bit of Creed 2 before I went into 3. Creed three. Um, I think overall the movie's good. I think some of the stuff they did in the final fight was both amazing and kind of like head scratching a little bit. Yeah. Well, um, what, are, what are your thoughts on the 
the the way I read it online is they they start he said it's like an anime style. Yes, fight. anime influence in a lot of the movie. Uh, that, that definitely stuck well, yeah, out. Yeah, the, the double punch yes. that's from like Naruto the cross, yes, and like the cross counter Dragon Ball. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that. It, and then just like the where it focuses on the eyes and it slows down. And kind of- I feel like probably the best um, thing in the movie, which I thought he was going to do more of, was in the beginning when he's sees the guy's moves and yeah. he like con- and oh, he's yeah, kind of in his cool. head calculating where he's going to hit him. Yeah, that's great. And he. And he, they did it so well in that one. They never did it as good. They did it again, but like never as good no, as they, they did yeah, it there. Yeah, they didn't really. It almost felt like they set that up to call back later, and they and didn't they really didn't call, call back, back to it. Yeah, exactly. I thought that was going to be a strategy. I think they did do it, but it was done so like not as good as they did it in that in last the, fight. Yeah. Well, they yeah. Were, it was more that last. What I was more focused on was like the fact that they they changed the background, right? Like they made it like yes. a prison, yes. and then, like. And I, I thought that was interesting. I, li- um, I liked all that. I liked it was okay. I, I, I um, does it really add to it? Does it well, really story wise uh, visual? It's just it's visually, visually, but story wise, it's telling you it's not about the crowd. It's not about the people. It's this two these these, two, these two people. It's a personal story. So in the silence, strip away the crowd. I kind of like these little different well, flares then, he added. But why didn't they use that then? Like they nothing like. If if at that point in time you're like isolating everybody, I would like to hear like a little bit more dialogue or something where you wouldn't be able to hear it over the crowd. You know what I mean? They didn't really use it as much. So here's where I would what I would say is I think that w- I, I liked. Don't get me wrong, I liked it because I think Michael B. Jordan wanted to film a boxing match differently than anyone else had done it, and this was different than any Rocky movie for sure. We'd never seen anyone change the background and isolate them, but I think. What happened was when when uh, Jonathan Majors Dame wins the title, that turn where he becomes a bad guy and like is on the beach yeah, and has all, all this of a crew. Is- I think it's like it's just too rushed. Like I feel yeah. like they could have stretched that out more, where we get more of those two in conflict, and it makes that moment in the fight where then everyone's out of the way and it's just them two, and now like. They don't have to say anything because you've done the work leading up to the fight to know like they've we've now hung out with them. We know exactly why they hate each other and like this is what this is and why they need to get in the ring and settle this. I feel like that turn from him playing the long con to like being just straight up a bad guy. I felt that was it was too abrupt. But I will say like in his performance, you got that sense of something just under the Underline. surface, uh, right? Yeah, no, for sure. Something for sure. And, and it got me almost rooting for majors for damien many times in this because you know they they show you different boxing styles his he's hitting these awkward parts of your body the elbow well, no, that's not supposed to make you root for him the, i know but <laughs> i was like fighting dirty he's, well he's cheating he's cheating yeah. he's cheating. fighting dirty and getting away with it but part of me was like oh man look at this guy fucking get away with this shit the elbow to the face was great he fucking cuts him with his elbow yeah, there's some really good shots there that were very anime-like, yeah. and I, I did like that he included that. And I think that as he does it more, he could go back and if he does the next one or if he directs another movie, I think that he'll tighten that up a little bit. I feel like as a first try, though, I think it's pretty respectable. Dude, very well directed by Jordan. Like, you wouldn't know this is his first movie. I thought he did a fucking great job. It is rather what do you think of the training scene that's usually what like the training training montage montage when i loved uh adonis pulling a plane that's great (laughs) you want to see a pull a plane i I will say this about the training montage having been 
a big time Rocky. I don't I don't think it's the best training montage. Yeah. And the reason I don't think it's the best training montage is because again, I think they rush to mm, the training. A little montage bit. A little bit they do. Yes. You don't really differentiate like here's what Damien's doing, here's what he's doing. Well it's just Damien just becomes such an evil person all of a sudden. But it kind of is a reverse like he Damien is kinda of like the underdog, um, like Rocky was fighting Apollo in a way. So I like how they played with this 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 relationship. Right. But you yeah. I think it was too predictable like every fight you kind of knew who was going to win. Like it was obvious. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a, I mean it's formulaic, yeah. for sure. Yeah. I mean there's no way in hell if we're going to get to realism, there's no way in hell a guy coming out of jail yeah. is going to get a title fight. Well, but fight. is it like okay, think about this. When Rocky fights uh Drago, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Fucking Drago breaks his ribs, fucking punctures his kidney, and he's in the hospital. <laughs> Everybody goes back to fight. All right. Then he has to fucking overcome his fear. Yeah. Then he has to train, and he has to go into the desert and train and dig himself a hole. Then he fights Drago. Drago attacks his ribs again, yeah. and he's screaming in pain. And that last time he has to get up, he's like literally punching the floor to get himself to stand up again. He's in so much pain, and he fucking comes back and one-handed beats Drago. Yeah, of <laughs> all right, with no tricks, yeah. no like, let's like, fa- like use some effects to blur out the audience or whatever. So I think that that was as powerful without all those tricks, mm-hmm. and just because it was the the story was better. The story of how the fight even played out and all those things played out was so much better. Here it was more like, uh, you know. Jonathan Majors like punches him in the eye <laughs> and that was it. That was like, you, you, you didn't, I don't know. I just felt like, all right, his big thing is that he fights dirty. That was the big thing I was afraid of. Like what dirty trick? Right. Did he do a dirty trick uh, to him? I don't even end, know. I, I can't remember. He punched him in the arm in the beginning. Oh, that's right. In a weird place. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know, I, I, I can't disagree with any of that in terms of like, if we're talking comparing final fights, it's a, it's a stylistically interesting fight, yeah. stylistically yeah. in terms of directed, yeah. but uh, I don't know if the drama is there as much as well, um, Creed 1 or 2. I think that Michael B. Jordan's direction is better than in, in, in the in the one word versus Drago. His and, like yeah, the way yeah, he, yeah, sure. he, he films the fight is actually better. It's just the way that the fight was written to, to, to unfold, like mm-hmm. the story that's not supporting the fight as much. You know what I mean? And yeah, you even yeah. said it. They didn't have that buildup was too quick. Mm-hmm. So it, 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 you didn't get the payoff. But, you know, it was all things considered still good. But we're just we're really hyper analyzing this. Uh, this what point, if Reed didn't win this fight? I thought that might have been an interesting place to leave it to keep it going. Is that there's I don't know. You can't you can't end a, a Rocky fight where he loses, though. I mean, it, like but, a Rocky they, movie. No, but that happened. They do it in Rocky one and Creed and one, the first but, Creed. Yeah. They, but it's it's but that yeah I don't know the story in there those stories were not about them winning right it was about going the distance right you they know both yeah both Rocky one and Creed one they go the distance and it's more about like they have to prove proving, themselves that they yeah. can do it yeah it's proving it to themselves that they can be something. yeah there has to be some kind of a win like yeah, I don't know if I would have gone with him losing, losing the last fight but um maybe I don't know I mean the. By the time the movie ended, I was like, this is a solid movie, but I was also like, where the hell are they going to go with this? Well, what, <laughs> what about the daughter? What other stories can the, we do? The daughter who's watched yeah. all his uh, fights and he was teaching her how to box. Will you jump ahead? Make her a boxer. And it's her story. I don't know. 
could do that. Yeah. So Michael B. Jordan's going to be old in the next one. Yeah, you'd have to jump ahead pretty far. Um, right. But yeah, look, real far. I didn't mind that Sly wasn't in this. I actually kind of like that they're becoming it's becoming its own thing uh, and that it can keep going in this direction. It is a smaller audience, so that's interesting. And it is like it's moving away from a Rocky movie, but still being in the Rocky franchise in the universe. So I, yeah, I had no problem with that. I thought it was cool. Uh, yeah, I could see that perspective. I, I had that perspective when I first saw the trail. I was like, oh, I'm glad this is not a doesn't tie back in any way to rock yeah. in terms of like a villain or anything. But it's almost a standalone. There's a small part of me that missed. Him. Yeah. I'll just say that. I love the King versus Killmonger. Little like <laughs> these are variants. Hey, they're both great actors yeah. and they're both in great shape. Yeah. And they, they were very convincing in the boxing. You uh, those and, blows, uh, man, the way he shot those people getting hit. I was like, oh, yeah. every time. And if you think about it, Damien is kind of like Killmonger. His uh, motivation is very similar. Like, bro, yeah. what will you have? This was, I mean, the guilt is there. He did. Dude, what do you think? Did he leave him hanging? I mean, the kid ran. And you, you, these two paths go drastically different directions. Well, he had a gun. He did have a you gun. You know what I mean? Like, do you think that? But Adonis beat the like, shit out of that like, dude. Well, but, 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 but let's, but let's think about this. This dude is like a dude in his probably his 30s or 40s. He gets jacked by like a 12 year old kid. When the cops roll up, they're going to be like, what the fuck? Like, all right, they're not going to really go that throw the book at this kid. There's no. And so he pulled the gun, made it 10 times worse. And then the fact Mm -hmm. that his mom hid his fucking letters because she thought he was bad influence. That got me. I was like, oh, shit. This and he got mad at her. The last thing he said before she died was the yelling at her. Good emotional I shit. Think, yeah, that was that was again. I think I think if they just pad this out another twenty minutes, yeah. I think it makes the fight better. I think we understand even more of like each other's motivations, and I think it makes that scene at the end where they reconcile in the locker room better. Yeah, and then they're buddies because, at the end <laughs> because it, like the way it frames yeah. is like the first hour and a half hour of the movie is like this deep like character stuff. Like they're both you can see like the, the like you mentioned the underlying anger in in Dame and like their like awkwardness around each other because they were best friends but then they feel abandoned and you know one feels abandoned the other one feels like he left the other guy and he feels they all feel like it's each other's fault um but then they switch it so quick to him being just diabolically evil right? <laughs> yeah. just a, and then the fight happens and they switch it again and now they're friends again yeah. it's just like yeah you just needed more time for like Let it, i don't yeah. know yeah it was too quick to go quick yeah because like yeah and then the locker room at the end they're friends again yeah yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, and they like they both and like the way he was acting, uh, Dame, where he was like, "This is all your fault. You never like visited me. Yeah. You, like lived the life I live." And then at the end, after the fight, he's like, "It's neither of our faults." <laughs> I was like, oh, what? It's always fault. Wait a minute. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, I I understand like people can change their mind, but like you were doing just this whole subtle thing earlier. And now just like oh, I got my ass kicked. You know what? I forgive you. It was it was <laughs> it wasn't your fault. Like I don't think you would just drop it that quickly. Yeah, that whole last bit did seem a little rusty. Absolutely right. But I get what they were going for. Like there, it, there, there is emotion in that scene, but like it's it could be so much better if they just. Someone was saying I saw some other reviews where they were like, if you could analyze the earlier trailers, there's a lot of footage that they cut out. Oh, interesting. Like someone rushed, like someone in the editing room, or someone's decision was to just cut out a lot of stuff. And huh. I mean, Jonathan Majors is, is, I would say, even more compelling of an antagonist in this than maybe as Kang. Like, but the, oh, he yeah. had so much to do here. He was so good. 
just a lot more subtlety, yeah, right? Yeah. Like in his face and the way he looks at everyone yep. and like uh, when he walks into his house and he sees how fucking oh my God. crazy he's like, this shit is. He's got you got glass floors. What's this? You do floors. <laughs> uh that dinner scene is I, great. I love I I love the scene where he's talking to where he notices um Tessa Thompson singing the song that she'd wrote. Yeah. And then he's like must like something along the lines of like it stinks, right? Seeing someone else sing the song yeah. you wrote. Yeah, he's like push like, pushing her buttons a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, that's fucking. I mean, I, so there's also that detail. You see him talking to like two of his buddies at the table right before that scene. And then mm. they take off. And then the next thing you hear is Dra- oh, Drago's attacked. And I was like, oh, that's kind of clever. But it was like so pre- predictable. I was like, oh, he sent them. He fucking sent them to fucking damage Drago so he could get a shot. Well, and if you wanted to go super realistic, right? Like one of the challengers to the heavyweight title just got his arm broke by a guy in prison. Oh, yeah. And the other guy that happens to be there is the guy that's getting the next title shot who opens, has pictures with the guy in prison. They're like, There's like no way. Like this yeah, guy, they would, there would be like a federal investigation yeah. into this. Yep. Not in Rocky universe. Let him fight. But, you know, it's Rocky. It's Rocky. So. Let him fight. In the Rocky universe, you can, uh, the accountant can take all your money and then uh, never have to pay it back. Paulie. 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 Paulie, I mean, even Paulie down to the, the. It ain't my fault. You know, uh, Adonis <laughs> is wearing white shorts in the last fight, and uh, he's wearing black. Damien's wearing black shorts. You're like, oh, they just—he's gonna win. He's got the white shorts on. But part <laughs> of me was like, man, I kind of want fucking Damien to win. Hmm. Yeah, do you think that um, Adonis is likable as a character? See, I don't know. I don't know. He's definitely not. He's definitely he what. What makes the Rocky franchise for me, like the Rocky portion stick out is just Rocky's just a a much, not like much, much more, but just a genuinely like always going to do the right thing. Yeah. Good guy, yeah. like no temper. Whereas Adonis is like kind of this wild card where yeah. he yells at his wife yeah. and it's like he could snap kind of thing. It's he's definitely to me not as likable as Rocky. Yeah. And you kind of want to like the guy's name is like the movie. Rocky's like the f- the fun loving like yeah. guy next door that like had potential. Rodonis is like this angry kid growing up that needed to be like needed some structure in his life. Like, I, I, well, they're both criminals. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. not not. I mean, Rocky's yeah, no, sure. way more of a criminal, but he didn't even want to beat up the guys that he had to beat up. He just right. had no other, no other job. Right, right, right. I mean, it a little bit had the uh, effect of like Cobra Kai, where I started to sympathize with Johnny Lawrence. I was like, <laughs> yeah, you didn't visit him. What the fuck? Take his shit, Dame. Take it. It's yours. <laughs> I almost, I was rooting for him. Part of me. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. Uh, but overall, yes, I did. I, I thought it was it's a, a good very time. good boxing yeah, movie. Good. Yeah, it's very. It's good. Yeah. I, honestly. I even Rocky Five. I like all the Rocky. Oh my movies. god! Okay, well that's perfect place. I want you to rate this movie, and where would you put it amongst the nine Rocky movies? Well, let's do it like this. Yeah. I'll rate the movie, yeah. but I'll also before I rate the movie and put it where I put it amongst the nine movies, yeah. I'll rate the final fight. Oh, okay. Because a good Rocky movie yeah. has an awesome final yeah. fight. I'm gonna give the final fight a. I'm going to go up as high as seven. Okay. And the reason I go high as seven is because stylistically, I really appreciate what Michael B. Jordan was trying to do. Yes. But it's not, it doesn't have the emotion that a lot of the other final fights have, nor the, as much drama. Um, so final fight seven, it's not the best final fight. The, the all time best final fight for me in a Rocky movie 
Oh man. Mm. Is it? It's either between Rocky one or four. Is it but, Drago? Uh, I was gonna say it's either Drago. I love, Drago or I love the first fucking one. Drago. Um, so as far as where does this rank amongst the Rocky films? I actually put this in my letterbox the other day, so let me just pull that up. I have this. Bear with me. Out of nine Rocky films, I have this at number seven. Oh, does not make the top five. Interesting. Okay, but here's the thing: I like all the. I even Rocky five. I like. That's everyone's that. always at the bottom of all the. That's a, the at list. the bottom of my list, but yeah. uh, like after the Rocky five, all the other eight movies I like. Okay. I have this last amongst the Creed films. Oh really? Um, really? Yeah, I do. Okay. Yeah, but okay. maybe with time, you know, maybe I'll like it more. But I thought. Creed 1 is clearly the best yeah, for me. Yeah. Creed 2, I think, is an underrated film that really does, actually makes Rocky 4 a better movie. Ah, I didn't think about it that because way. Because it adds color yeah. to Drago's character. But yes, I got it at 7. So, and as far as the rating, I'm going to go, I'm going to also go 7. seven. <laughs> 7 out of 10. Solid, solid flick. Good, respectable outing for Michael B. Jordan. Don't know where the hell this is going if they're going to continue it, but. There you go. Oh, they can make more. Uh, okay, Rugs, rate it, rank it. Uh, rank it, huh? So tough to rank it. I feel like, um, I don't know. I feel like it's tied with a lot of movies that I like. Okay. I, I, I feel like I just watched Creed 2, and I really liked that one. Um, it felt like a, a kind of like a Rocky movie because, you know, you had uh, Drago in there and Rocky in there. So it had like a lot of that. A lot of the the Rocky stuff in there, um, so it felt like more of a. So I liked that one a little bit better as far as and that and, and the story and how that unfolds uh, a little bit better. But I like the character of Damien, yeah, and that interplay, that personal story. So it's tough. I feel like it's kind of like I don't. know. I can't really rank it. I mean, it's not not going to be as good as. Uh, the first four Rockies to me like that they're on top. Yeah. And then I feel like all the creeds, my least favorite is, is Rocky Balboa and Rocky five. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they're, I think they're a little, they're underneath these. Um, but yeah, that's where I rank it. And I'm probably going to give it a seven as well. Um, I had thought it was very solid. I thought that um, let's watch out for Michael B. Jordan's next project is probably going to be pretty good i think he's got good instincts and uh he just needs to have a little bit more seasoning just a little bit more experience and know what not to cut what to keep in what to add in you know yeah and that's about yeah, it yeah no but for his first outing holy yeah. shit uh, a fantastic job i love this personal story i love the different flair with the anime influence he brought to this so i enjoyed all that uh, I'm going to rate it. I will give it a seven and a half. Uh, as far as ranking, I rewatched the first Creed. Fuck, that movie's so good. That middle fight scene, that long ass take, one take. I was just thinking about how they had to shoot that. and I, Like all the action and making sure the cameraman doesn't get fucking hit uh, in the camera. War. It's masterful. Yeah. Masterful. So, yeah. <laughs> that answer. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. The best, yeah. obviously, number one is going to be the first Rocky movie, 1976. Uh, number two, let me do my rankings too. After okay, I've number two, I, I would put Creed. So I'll put Rocky one, two Creed, three. I kind of want to put, kind of like you, Anthony, for nostalgic reasons, Rocky four, because I think that was the first Rocky movie I saw when I was like young and impressionable, and I went back, I saw the other ones. 
Uh, and fucking, come on, Eye of the Tiger. That's Eye of the Tiger, right? No, that's no, not. no, that's three. Oh, that's three. Okay, so three. I would put. What was the song in four? Living in America. That was James Brown. That was in. No, that was in there. Living no. in America. They sing it. Hearts on the fire. Bur- burning heart. Yeah. Burning heart. I'm gonna go. Rocky one. Creed. Rocky four. Rocky three. Whoa. That's Survivor, right? That's Eye of the Tiger. Fucking got it. Yeah. Tiger, yeah. And then I kind of like this one. Fuck. It's tied with like Creed two. I'm gonna go Creed two. Creed three. Kind of right there. I've not seen Rocky Balboa. I, no, I need that's to watch that. Too. That's a good one. I heard a lot of people say it's underrated. I like Rocky. Balboa. And then the I think that the fight, the fight isn't as good because, you know, Stallone's old. <laughs> yeah, he's old. So, like, that's the only that's the worst part of the movie is the fight. Like, and uh, everything else is pretty good. And then, like yeah. the bad guy's not 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 that no, he's threatening. Not he's not good. Uh, but I would put Creed three. Yeah, just I guess like tied for five of the top five. Okay, that's what I'm gonna do. You you want to hear my yes. quick breakdown? Because yes. I put some thought into this. Yes. So I'm gonna start from the bottom. Okay. And a preface again. I like even the worst Rocky movie. I like because I just love fucking Rocky. So Rocky five is my my last. But I still like Rocky. I I still like it. I like the street fight at the end. I like the line where he goes. When uh, Tommy Morrison punches Paul in the face, he's like, "You, you knocked him out. Why don't you try knocking me out?" No. <laughs> and then, uh, and uh, the fake Don King's like, "In the ring, Rock! In the ring!" And Rocky goes, "My ring's outside." It's <laughs> like, "Fuck yeah, that's fucking great." <laughs> so, <laughs> Rocky Five is last. Yeah. Number eight for me is Rocky Two. It's actually really fucking slow in the beginning, but damn good training scene. I forgot about Rocky with two. the kids running with yeah. him. Yeah, that's great. That's fucking awesome. Yeah. And then he wins the title at the end. He goes, Yo, Adrian, we did that's it. Right. That's fucking awesome. Oh. That's so I got that. I might have to move that up actually. Fuck. Um, Creed three seven as I mentioned. Okay. Creed or Rocky Balboa's I, I had at six. Okay. I think this is a much better, like, going out party for Rocky. Yeah. It's a really underrated movie. But yeah, you're, it, Rug, Rug Boy's completely right. He's he is old and <laughs> the villain's not good. Creed two is my is my um, fifth. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, Rocky three is my four. Okay. So and then Rocky. Four is my three. Yeah. And I feel like those two movies are like, it's like tomato, tomato yeah. because they're like super, they're almost like 80s action oh, they're movies. They're peak 80s. Yeah. They're, they're peak, yeah, like bad guy, yeah. villain, fucking he has to come back and fight someone that's like scary as shit. I mean, the like Russians, those movies. it's the Cold War. You got Russians, it's perfect. Yeah, Rocky Four is the movie I watched the most as a kid. And then I got Creed is, Creed is at number two and then obviously the best rock i think rocky four made the most money also rocky four is like that ended the cold war it did did. rocky four absolutely (laughs) i mean and and i still i know rugs mentioned it a long time ago but uh i do have to watch that rocky versus drago director's cut even though i don't know why it's called the director's cut because stallone directed rocky four as well yeah but yeah that's the one everyone's saying that echo is not too bad so he recut it oh, to make it more serious oh. and, the, and the fight more brutal and longer between him and draw. Like the fights pretty good. I mean, it's not the same. It's it's I mean, it's the same fight, but like it's different angles. And yeah. Wow. It's, it's someone said it's like you watch and you're like, you're you're totally thrown off because it's just so. Yeah. It's not the you, same vibe. That movie's burned into your brain. When right. you see a different well, version, I mean, you're like, what you know, the fuck the, am I watching? This what's interesting is that the series starts out fairly serious. And then we're really, I mean, it's a drama. Very serious. Like he wins, wins the Oscar. Wins the Oscar. Best picture, written, directed, amazing. And then very quickly goes campy, kind of. Can I mention at in in Rocky Balboa? My yeah. favorite thing in Rocky Balboa yeah. 
is the speech that he makes when oh, he's about to start speech. training. He's like, you got calcium deposits in your bones. Oh, yeah. So we can't, you, you can't move. You can't you spar. Get spar. <laughs> can't do it. We need to make some hurting bomb. We need pure horsepower. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, yeah. It was just got me so, Yeah. And that whole, that whole thing was just, it psyched me up. Like, okay, old man, let's go, motherfucker. Yeah, that line. To- and then when he talks about, like, you got to, it's about how much you get hit and keep going. I'm like, yeah, oh, that, fuck. those two, those two little uh little bits of writing gold right gold. it's yeah no but you're absolutely right Imran. Yeah. like the, the, because this has lived for 50 years yeah. you've seen this franchise live in like almost every decade of like movie Pretty making much. so you see it in the 70s then you get an 80s rocky yep. then you get like 90 yeah. with rocky 5 then you get 2000s, 2000s with yep. rocky balboa and then now you're getting this like new wave yeah Creed, Rocky, and like, like the, the Creed movies brought it back to like a kind of a serious fucking boxing drama, drama you know, and it's yeah. great. So and now and now this one we're getting like anime style yeah, fights. Now it's going another place, which is kind of fun. Like <laughs> this could live on for another fifty years. I don't know about don't that. Know that but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I think Stallone has some like crazy ideas though. I think he wants to like. Last I read, he wants to do another spinoff. And like a TV show or something. He, I think he still wants to make some Rockies. I, there was talk of a Drago spinoff. I don't know if it was a movie or TV show. That could be yeah. all right. Maybe, I don't know, with Florian Montenu. Well, Jordan, Michael B. Jordan said on February 2nd that a Creed 4 film was happening for sure. Yeah. And that also spinoffs were being. Well, I mean, and it's kind of like he resets it, right? It's like a standalone Creed 1 again where he can start fresh and do whatever he wants ish. So I love, yeah. I love fucking Rocky. Yeah. It's the most. One of the more iconic characters ever made. Yeah. Think it's Let's good. find out what our listeners thought of the movie. Do some news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It's time for news from the nation. It stinks. It stinks. It stinks. Jose Ibarra uh, commented during the fight scenes, anime fans went from geek boner, geek boner to full on. Consult a physician if your erection lasts for more than four hours. You can see the heavy anime influence, specifically the Naruto versus Sasuke cross counter punch. Yeah, as we mentioned. Sasuke. Imran. How do you say it? Sasuke. But it's spelled Sasuke. Yeah. Well, Sasuke. Uh, that is from, uh, <laughs> what is that from? Dragon Ball Z? Or Naruto. That is from the from Naruto. Naruto. Believe it. Yeah. So we've seen the articles. He's very. He's a big anime fan, and that cross punch has been done several times. It has been done in Dragon Ball C and other movies. In anime, it goes back to the seventies. Yeah. That in a film, lot. the first uh, time that happened was actually in a Charlie Chaplin movie, nineteen thirty-one comedy City Lights. Where Chaplin is a, uh, he's the tramp and he's boxing with a, a prize fighter and they both knock each other out at the same time. So this tradition of the cross counter trope goes back a long time in film. And it was cool to see. It was crazy too. That was a crazy moment where they knocked each other out. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, all those little flourishes where he focuses on the eye and it like zooms in and times. I like, I loved all that. I thought that was great. Gregory Witzerek says, overall, I enjoyed the movie. But some of the plot points were a little far-fetched. Dame getting a shot at the belt that quickly seems kind of ridiculous to me. Yes. Well, yes. It was kind of ridiculous. But, again, it's a Rocky movie. Never would happen. Never would happen. But good. They, at least in the other films, they, like, tried to explain some of this stuff. Like, 
Rocky won. He gets a shot, right? Yeah. But he's like a journeyman fighter, and they like he's had like fifty fights, and Apollo's trying to like make a little underdog story, and then in Drago, a Rocky four, um, Drago gets a shot at Apollo, but it's an exhibition, right? So you can't like yeah. And then the the Rocky when Rocky fights Drago in Russia, it's an unsanctioned fight. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like they right. try to like the answer on it, whereas this one's like so ridiculous. There's no way. <laughs> I did love that line where Damien's like, if Apollo Creed could take a chance on the underdog, why can't you? It's a good line. Making him like kind of the Rocky. A little different, but yeah, Yeah, a little different, but uh, I mean, yeah, he was a great, like, and he wasn't even really an antagonist, but he was, but then they're friends, so I thought it was nice and layered. Um, Moving on to some other news, Scott Swangorum from uh, Mostly Superheroes Podcast post an article saying there's a new Hellboy. Oh, shit. Do you know that they are redoing hellboy again what yes we just had david harbour play hellboy right and they're doing a hellboy reboot this one is called the crooked man couple of interesting things playing hellboy is this dude jack kessie who was in deadpool 2 he was black tom uh and he's been on some other things bruce O'Hughes says he was good in the strain as well as 12 strong uh, and the Crooked Man, and it's actually this movie is being written by Mike Mignola, the creator of Hellboy, uh, who is sure he wants money. He needs money. <laughs> it is being directed by a dude named Brian Taylor, who did Crank. Right. And he did that show Happy. That was like a lot like Crank, like crazy uh, with that imaginary floating horse character. But like imagine like the 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 energy of Crank. In like a low budget Hellboy movie, uh, the story is—is is that what it, uh, Hellboy's not really about? Well, that, look, there is the official plot synopsis for the Crooked Man. This is a uh, a story Mike Mignola wrote in comics, and they're adapting this short story. Synopsis: Stranded in 1950s rural Appalachia, Hellboy and a rookie BPRD agent discover a small community haunted by witches, led by the Crooked Man, a local devil with a troubling connection to Hellboy's past. So this could, uh, that's interesting. What do you think about that so far? Sounds fine. I like that it's maybe like a small scale story. 1950s. It's Hellboy's daddy. Appalachia. Uh, Bruce O'Hughes also says Harbor was fine as the last Hellboy and Perlman was even better. The actor has never been a problem. This is true. I thought David Harbour did do a good job. Uh, that movie. Yeah, it's not his fault that the makeup was shitty. That, that, and, and the uh, movie is like completely <laughs> forgettable. I know I've watched it. I can't remember any of it. Yeah. It was bad. Uh, but Guillermo del Toro's original, Ron Perlman. It's a fucking great movie. Uh, Anthony, you excited for more Hellboy? Do you, do you like Hellboy? No. 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 Why are they making this again? Does that question? I, I don't. I, I it just don't. I've never gotten into Hellboy. <laughs> uh, he's a big red uh, demon dude with horns. I cut off uh, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. The first two I heard were pretty good. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it was interesting. Re- I think that that reboot came out just a few years ago. So. Uh, there's no original ideas in Hollywood, I guess. At least they got Mike Mignola, though. So that could be saving grace. Uh, Rugs, yeah. Geek Bone or Floppy Jock for this? N- I have no reaction. I am ambivalent. It's mid. It's mid. It's mid. Okay, let's move on to this other thing. Jose Ibarra posted a trailer for the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Mutant Mayhem animated movie that's coming out saying this looks dope. I think Imran will appreciate the music. I absolutely did appreciate the music. Uh, Anthony, do you know what the music was? Nope. You didn't recognize that? 
De La Soul? No. Tribe Call Quest. Can I kick oh. it? Tribe Call I did Quest. like the trailer, though. Oh. I'll, go with, I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, let's talk about this trailer. Uh, this is from Seth Rogen. The animation style is stunning. It looks like they're taking uh, what we saw in Arcane and Into the Spider-Verse kind of style, like a living, like it's a living illustration. Yeah. Uh, and I thought it looked great. Right. I like that the turtles are actually voiced by real teenagers. That's interesting. Okay. That's, That's different. Good. Yeah. I like that they're not gigantic like they were in those weird CGI. Oh, movies. yeah. Yeah. yeah that, the that weird, was weird. Nose. Like the design's okay. I don't know about Donatello wearing glasses. That's kind of weird, but whatever. He's a teenager. They have eye problems. Uh, Rugs, what's. His braces on uh, Michelangelo. Oh, he has braces on his teeth. I didn't even understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, he goes to a dentist, evidently. Um, Rugs, what do you think of this? What do you think of this style? Um, I do like the art style, yeah. and uh, it feels like it's got energy to it. So I have no problems with that. It's just that these tur- these turtle things seem to get f- further and further away from uh, the source material. I mean, every time that yeah, they do it, and there's been so, so many different versions of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in, in the last thirty years. Yeah, I mean, I like the turtles, but uh, as I said, there's so many versions. It's like uh, just in this past like 10 years there's been at least three or four versions was so. the one that they did the last animated one that one was more like dark and closer to the source for two right i didn't i never saw no, that kind of but not there was no. a black and white animated one that was a little bit darker that, that's the one i'm yeah. talking about right and then like nickelodeon had a bunch of shows and they kept rebooting their show well not, i'm not did, talking about the show yeah they did one but it was like uh it was like uh they had to like stop these uh statues that were coming to life with some kind of doohickey or whatever. And it kind of was a little bit, it was like turtles are more weirder than that. Like, you know, they got the Krang and they got robots and weird shit from outer space. And this was just felt like a little bit too mystical or whatever. It just, it just was a little bit out left field for a, a, a first animated movie, but the actual so the turtle relation one, right? Yeah. yeah TMNT. Yes. Yeah. yeah. TMNT, yeah the tr- that's the computer animated. Yeah. Movie. I think April I like O'Neil was, it was a little bit with Sarah Michelle Geller, I believe, but I feel like um, April O'Neil was okay in that, but uh, it was okay. That one is, is, is legit. Um, yeah, it was good. Uh, there, there's just so many different versions of the turtles. They just made them up. They made a Ninja Turtle movie animated movie like oh it's on netflix it's, right now listen, it's, it's no secret of the ooze you know but <laughs> dude that first ninja turtles movie is fucking yeah, great we reviewed, it. reviewed it. it yeah it's still it. is great it holds up it's got this timeless charm to it with the practical helmets and those fucking suits are amazing it was good for kids too yeah. it was like yeah as a kid my turtles i always enjoyed was was secret of the ooze really but- yes well, the I mean, turtle, as, as a kid, to see go. fucking vanilla ice, yeah. yeah. Not only that, but the the fucking rat or whatever what is a Splinter? wolf and a and a snapping turtle, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Tokar and Razar. Oh yeah! Oh my god, I forgot about them. But uh, as an adult, I think I liked TMNT. They're the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in '91 first better. The original is. Classic. Did you like the Michael Bay Turtles? There's so many fucking them. different versions. I never saw you those movies because like, they looked so stupid. They're all right. They're kind of fun, but kind of forgettable. Uh, but it's just, it's very CGI heavy and it doesn't seem grounded. Uh, this mutant man. I don't it to seem grounded, yeah. but um, I don't know. I just it's Michael Bay. The design was weird with the little yeah. nostrils and shit. 
and they were giant. I like again. Megan I like Fox is April O'Neil's. Yeah, of. no, and I like in this mutant mayhem that they look like teenagers. They sound like teenagers. Check out this voice cast though: Paul Rudd yeah. voicing Mondo Gecko, Giancarlo Esposito as Baxter Stockman, Jackie okay. Chan as Splinter. That's great. Wow. Yeah, Rose Byrne as Leatherhead, Seth Rogen voicing Bebop, John Cena voicing Rocksteady. Maya Rudolph is in this. Ice Cube's in this. Post Malone is in this. Hannibal Burris is in this. Uh, just a crazy Io Edibiri is uh, in this. She was from uh, she, I think Peacemaker. Uh, great cast. So I don't know. This could be fun. The the animation is definitely one that I'm gonna get real lit and go and watch this and enjoy it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it just looks like you want to get lost in this world. Okay, let's finish up with some. What are we watching? I'm kind of going to segue with a news from the nation into what are we watching like this? Lisa Morrison left us a quick review of cocaine beer. She went and saw it. She says two very enthusiastic thumbs up for me. Great eighties vibe, lots of gore and a very coked up bear. Highly entertaining. Two thumbs up. I've not seen it yet, but uh, no, I mean, yeah, I was gonna, I'll, I'll wait till it comes out on. Uh, yeah, I was going to go. My, my sister wanted to see it. We might go see it, but I haven't seen it. Uh, so let's just get into uh, last of us. Episode eight, everybody caught up, right? Yeah. Spoilers okay, spoilers for that. Okay, so after last week's awesome flashback, which was DLC, we jump back into the game storyline. Uh, and kind of like the last big chapter before the ending in the game, they do here. And uh, it was great. It was great. We had some cannibals. Cannibals yeah. are great. I, I thought it was an awesome episode. And pretty, pretty actually faithful adaptation yeah. of the storyline from the game. So, a lot of things, scene for scene, line for line. Uh, you have Troy Baker who played, did the performance for Joel in the game. He played James, right? Uh, which was kind of cool to see. Uh, but yeah, Ellie, uh, these people, these two, have murdered so many people <laughs> along this journey. <laughs> At times, I'm like, Jesus Christ, like. Just like in The Walking Dead, each side is looking out for itself. They think they're in the right. Mm-hmm. Turns out Trich guy was cannibal. So, yeah, kill them all. But there's kids there. I don't know. Name's, <laughs> name's Ellie. Yeah. What's that? <laughs> Ellie. That's great line. The girl who broke your fucking finger. That's so great. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, what's your name? Because eat shit. <laughs> Would you say? Would you call it little pieces? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. The key, you see that. But a lot of it right from the game, which was really cool. Uh, what they do a good job of too is they add a little bit more color to the yeah. to the villains or the quote unquote villains, right? So we get a little bit of you can sympathize of a this little community bit. now, and maybe not sympathize, but you just kind of see what he's running. I mean, he's clearly this guy. This guy's a monster. They, yeah, he's the he's the most evil guy they've introduced on the show. But on the other hand, like that girl, like Joel killed her father, right? So oh, yeah, you know. You don't think about that when he's going but around in self-defense. Yes, like yes. he wasn't just sitting there yeah. trying to kill him. He, he killed the father because the dude sent him out to find people to eat. Yes. They needed food. They were <laughs> hungry. But yeah, they do the whole shooting the the moose or the deer thing and the negotiation and the and the medicine. Uh that shit was great. Yeah, they uh, did great. I mean, the, yeah. you know, and then you I had forgotten that in the game this had happened, so yeah. they did a good job of like recreating that, and then you get the you know you almost fall for him, and you're like, oh, this guy's a good guy, yeah. and then they he has a, how everything happens for a reason. You're like, oh shit, he's a pedo. Yes, yeah. He's, oh yeah, there's something going on with this guy. But yeah, that whole yeah. when it's burning down is great. It's just like the game. Yeah, uh, that's good. Yeah, 
I, I don't I know we're gonna we're gonna probably review the whole thing in yeah. next week, so I, I don't have too much to say other than I'm excited to see the finale. Yes. And interesting enough, the season finale going up against the Oscars. Oh, so we'll see. Same night. Oh uh, wow. But I wonder if it'll be longer. Do they have enough time to finish this whole thing in an hour? Well, I can say I like this episode a lot better than the last one. <laughs> yeah. Well, stuff actually <laughs> happened. The plot moved forward. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God, we're getting somewhere now. We got we just saw Ellie just become like this badass. It's great. And so. I love how they show, you know, when you like sneak up on dudes and fucking choke them out over and over again. Like they do that mm-hmm. a couple times here. It's just like in the game, except there's a little more stabby, stabby, stabby. Do, uh, yeah. They do the whole torture scene, which is straight from the game. Oh, yeah. Pop your fucking kneecap off. Oh, my God. That was fucking brutal. <laughs> I love I love that line. Wait, do you like, remember this from the game or you stopped, right? No, I, I, was, I watched the game through as oh, I was you. watching the gotcha. show. But I love that line where he's like, you point to where we are now and where the thing is, and it better be the same place your buddy points to. Yeah. And then he just ends up killing both of them. He's like, well, I believe him. He just I fucking kills him. the other guy. I'm I was not like, telling you shit. I believe him. <laughs> just murdering motherfuckers left and right. Wow. <laughs> She's at least killed so many people. Yeah, it's great. Oh, it's so good. Okay, can't wait for the season finale. We will review the whole shebang next week. Um, did anybody catch the Chris Rock live? I watched Netflix it live. Special. I watched it live too. I watched it live. I sat there. I was. I've seen Chris Rock in person in concert, and uh, yeah, I'm a big Chris Rock fan. Uh, I was, of course, going to watch this. He is the OG. You know him. Anytime he does a show, you got to tune in. Uh, Anthony, did you catch any of this clips or anything? Uh, I caught. What did I catch? I know what he, the, I know the stuff he said about Will Smith. I oh, didn't catch it like good. live. I haven't, I haven't caught what exactly he said, but um, I'm aware of what he said. Well, it's still up there, right? You can watch the whole special yeah. on Netflix. But uh, I thought it was. Fun. I thought it was great. Uh, he goes hard on Will Smith the last fucking like 10, 15 minutes. It's yeah. fucking fantastic. Some Yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, he had to get that shit off his chest. And that was not received well by uh, by Twitter. I looked on it. Really? Like, people were like, oh, why is he doesn't leave? I mean, you know, Twitter is a place where you can find someone to defend anything or condemn anything. I thought, it doesn't I mean, matter what it is. You know, I think his timing is great. The Oscars are a week away. So it's been almost a year. And this is why you're watching. You're like, what is he going to say? I need to, I need closure from the, he's going to mention it. Yeah. He alluded to, it. he's like, that's, I don't need another, yeah, another rapper, rapper mad at me. <laughs> um, I think my biggest takeaways is the most controversial thing he did was the baby thing. Uh, uh, oh, yes. About the abortion, About abortion yeah. and women's choice. Yeah. Yeah, and then then he, I, I was like, okay, he went pretty hard on that, and that's gonna fucking piss off a lot of people. But then I feel like he said something that was so controversial that uh, you know people used to say all the time, but now you say it, you're like you're insane. Is he said how like powerful women are? Yeah, yeah. and they it had the, the idea that they have no power yeah. is ridiculous. Yeah. But um, I don't think that they have more, but I think they have they have their own power that they can use. So. Uh, he had kind of went into that. That was interesting. I mean, he had, they, he had, there was some ballsy stuff, right? Stuff only Chris Rock. I don't think with. it's his best special. No. I don't think he's as funny as he used to be. But I don't think he's really trying to be funny as he's more as just trying to uh, be as controversial or as 
um, straightforward as possible yeah. about like uh, hypocrisy or whatever. But like, uh, you need somebody like that. I, I, I didn't think it was as funny as his other stuff. Stylistically, but. I thought it was interesting that where the thing where he sets up the, the the his jokes like three times. He was repeating himself a lot. He does that a lot. He, would, yeah, he always does. He that. Said, but it seemed even more. He would say the setup three times in a row to build up to the punchline. It, sure. It's kind of weird, but whatever. It's it, Yeah, it gets tiring sometimes. And when then he, does he fucks that. up a joke live. That was amazing. <laughs> and once he finishes, you're like, oh shit, yeah, he, he fucked up that joke, but he, he he made it work. He pulled it back, and it, you know, he, he he lands it still. I think it was interesting to get like uh, if that story about his daughter was true. Yeah, that was great. The daughter bit was great. Lola, Lola was her name. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's true. And, yeah. So I think that you can, if you want to, you could be one of those people that be like, oh, this is completely worthless and not worth turning into, and it's a complete waste of time and. It's just angry man yelling, blah blah blah. It's Chris Rock, but I think that I I think it's I, I I'm interested to hear what people have to say when they're trying to speak their truth. Yeah, and um, it, it, they don't I don't have to agree with everything they say, but I just think I find it interesting, especially someone like Chris Rock who's been in this business for a very long time and yeah, observed a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, no, I thought it was great. I love what he's talking about the slap. He's like, people ask me, did, did it hurt? He goes, it still hurts. <laughs> so funny. Uh, Rugs, what else did you watch? Uh, Hulu just uh, put on Triangle of Sadness, which I think. That's an Oscar nominated movie. Oscar nominated movie. Some, I, was it for what? For what? Best picture, uh, I think. It is a Best Picture nomination? Yeah. Uh, I could tell you that um, I watched it and uh, there was some fucked up shit going on in this movie. What is it about? Okay, let me get into it. All right, real quick. Yeah, go for it. It's about two influencers. Like, they're like, you know, hot people on Instagram. Okay. That uh, they're dating each other and for convenience, I guess, or whatever. Uh, They're kind of using each other, but they're influencers. So they get tons of free shit and they get to go on this uh, luxury billionaire's cruise. Like, it's like this giant yacht. Uh, Okay. And the crew is just there to suck their dicks and do whatever they want. And there's, it's like a, a tiered story. It's like you got the rich people that are there to be catered to uh-huh. and, and like just filleted at every fucking turn. And then you got the people that are actually doing the real work, which are like the, the ladies that clean and, and all that other stuff. And they're like, I think they're, they're in a, another area, like lower in the ship. It's like that show below and, deck. Yeah. And, um, basically, uh, you go on like a, a few, you meet some of these billionaires and you see how fucking sad their lives are and how like, you know, kind of like, what are they into? And then basically the ship, uh, there's a bad storm and the ship gets tossed around and there's this scene that's almost excruciating to watch oh, of everybody on the ship, all these rich billionaires getting seasick and like having diarrhea oh, no. and throwing up in the bathroom. And then the ship's getting tossed around so much and the shitter's getting so full that oh, it starts no. to back up oh, all over no. the ship. Oh, and, oh, so no. just when you think it can't get any worse, <laughs> oh. fucking pirates oh, come pirates, and they fucking, you know, kill a bunch of people and Holy sink, shit. That's what sink the about. ship, sink the ship. And then, it's this movie goes in so many places. Whoa. It's just like, I don't even know what this movie was when I was watching it. <laughs> Finally, they end up on an island, right? 
and the, the, the few survivors that make it, like there's just a couple of them left and they have to survive on this Island until like someone comes and finds them. But um, it turns out that all these rich fucks don't know how to do shit to survive. And guess who does the one cleaning lady that survives. Oh shit. It's like cast. I think she, I'm not sure if she's Filipino, yeah. but the accent sounded like Filipino yeah. to me. And she basically starts running shit. She's like, oh, I wow. am the fucking captain now. <laughs> I am the captain now. And if they want food, they have to do what she says. And oh, the blah, tables blah, blah, blah. are turned now. So this movie goes, it starts out as a date between these two influencers. Yeah. And that lasts for like a half hour. Then it's about this ship for like an hour. And then there's like another like 40 minutes of them on the oh island. Oh my God. Wow. Was it good? Um, It doesn't end. Oh, it just keeps going. <laughs> No, it ends. There's no they, ending. They give you that ending where they don't tell you what happens oh, at the shit. end. Wow, they pull it Nominated those. for Best Picture, yep. Best Director, yep. and Best Original Screenplay wow. for what it's worth. Wow. It was was very fucking absurd, and it's got a lot of levels to it, it a lot of conversations. I was interested in it. I, I just... I, but I have to be honest with you. I did have to. I did fast forward to the, like everybody shitting and throwing oh, it up because <laughs> it was too much for me to written handle. Written and directed by the same guy, Ruben Ustlund, Ustlund, who is known for um, I don't know these movies: Force Majeure, Involuntary, The Square. Yeah. Oh wow, Ustlund, my clean up here. And I and I did watch a little bit of Tar, which is on Peacock. Yes, the Kate Blanchett. How was that? Uh, Listen, it's a long ass movie. I watched an hour of it. All I can tell you is that Kate Blanchett is fucking a beast. She's like a good actress, man. Like, wow, isn't that like one take the whole movie? Look, yeah. Look she, well, she has this. Um, oh, Tar is about like a composer, and she like is being interviewed throughout the movie, and she's making these uh, lectures throughout the movie. She's like a teacher, and she has to do things. But so, but. The amount of stuff that she remembers or she, like her lines that she has to remember to do these yeah, things. One long take monologues and, and shit. I feel like that she knows what she's talking about. Wow. And she's just completely like this arrogant person. And it's just like, uh, I think she does a great job. Oh, she might get the uh, Oscar. Look at this. We got, we got the debut. We got the reemergence of Rugman Boylansky. Rugman. <laughs> 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 Well, these things started to become. Uh, I mean, I watched Banshees of Inisherin. Yeah, he's like, watched Banshees. He's watched all the Oscar movies. Yeah, Not guy. all of them. What happened? Not all. <laughs> I, I figured, hey, I might as well watch it before the Oscars. Make it more interesting when I watch it. Um, yeah, I want to watch those two. We're running out of time, though. Yeah, but yeah, they're they're long ass movies. Both of them are long ass movies. So. I watched The Women King too. That's on Netflix now. I heard that's pretty good. Right. Um. All right. Well, speaking of any, uh, Anthony, you watch anything else? Oh, just sports, UFC, lots of sports all that stuff. But we don't. Yeah. Oh yeah, there was a big UFC was fight, big and fight. you saw Jake Gyllenhaal over there. Jake Gyllenhaal. Yeah. Oh, by, so that that's the one thing that you guys would be interested. In. So Jake Gyllenhaal was there, and they they were filming scenes for oh. Roadhouse. Oh, at that's the what UFC. that was. I saw. So they had him pictures. like weigh in. They had him like do a fake fight in front oh, of the crowd. Shit. Yeah. They filmed so, the movie. At the yeah, UFC part of, fight. Part of the, wow. I don't know where they're going with this Roadhouse remake, but there's a lot of UFC stuff in it. Oh, really? <laughs> so he's so. a fighter, right? And Conor McGregor is probably a fighter in the movie. No, Conor McGregor is his like, assistant. Yeah, of oh, course he's a oh. fighter. What do you think? He's okay. But like, are they going to show him? Is there a fight in the movie? Like, what is this movie? What the fuck is happening? They they filmed the fight with, uh, with not with uh, Hall and Conor, but with Hall and another person. And then they... Filmed him weighing in and all that stuff. Was he jacked? Interesting. 
Oh yeah, he's big. He's big. Wow, really? He looks amazing. But yeah, it was it was like, whoa, this is the Roadhouse remake. And then my friends what? were like, what is going on? Like my <laughs> friends were like, what is what are they making? I'm going, oh, you don't. You need to check out Roadhouse. Like, what's that? I'm like, so oh, go check that. They out. showed that part as part of the fight, like them filming the movie. No, there's <laughs> clips online. Like, oh, okay. On, like, okay. Of of them filming that. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> it's crazy. What is this movie? Is a good question. I don't know what the mo- I don't know where they're going with the route of this movie, but uh, yeah. I don't know, right. man. I don't. <laughs> we're gonna get. It's not gonna no be good. Idea. Don't do it. It's being done. Uh, okay. So, anyways, this week, like we said. Um, Last of Us season finale episode 9 going up against the Oscars same night more importantly the next day Monday March 13th is a better award show on YouTube called the Golden Peas our buddy Joe Morris will be doing it live on Facebook and uh, YouTube he'll be peeing live he'll be peeing Golden Peas live I'll have a link in the show notes it starts 9.30pm Eastern time you may see somebody from the show presenting an award Oh my God! Got to tune in oh, to no. laugh at that person. Okay, uh, but it'll, I'm sure it'll be available to watch later. But if you want, if you're not, if you watch the Oscars, you want another award show. Monday, March 13th, Golden Peas. Check it out. Support. Well, let, our me, let me throw one more thing out there. Yeah. What else you got? This. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys are going to watch it. I'm considering it just because it looks so weird. But the, that movie 65 comes out this week. Oh, that comes out this week? Yeah, that I kind of want to know what that is. And Scream 6, if you're a, that kind of fan. But, oh, Scream uh, 6 yeah. is going to be a big one. Wow. For the Scream yeah, fans. 60, That's all this week. 65 is this weekend, right? Yeah. Do I have the wherewithal to go to the theater to see another movie this week? Well, very soon we <laughs> might have back-to-back. Hour and a half. Oh, it's an hour and a half. We might have back-to-back movie new movie reviews coming up if we choose to do Shazam the following week is Shazam March 17th and then John Wick chapter 4 comes out on the 24th and I heard that movie is really good Anthony would you watch you haven't seen have you seen what John Wick's have you seen uh we'll we'll we'll, we'll figure it out I really want to They're all they're all on Peacock Yeah we'll get it watched way. we'll get it yeah, we'll get it Yeah yeah I think we should review that it looks fucking dope I can't wait for that one Shazam yeah whatever we'll watch it Yeah we'll have, we have to We have to but fucking and then John Wick so a lot of movies coming out of March it's crazy Holy smokes. Well, we're not reviewing 65, guys. No. Yes. No. All right. Let's, yeah. I review only 69. Only 69's I'll review. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Good length. <laughs> Good girth on that 69. What? Okay. Right. Uh, anyways, that's it for this week. Rugs, where can the listener find you online? You can find me on Twitter at ReallyRugBoy. Come by. Give him a follow. follow me. Give him a follow. Send him a message. Come on. Why does Imran have three times the amount of followers that I have? Yeah, that's bullshit. He's way more entertaining. Yeah, you can find that in the links uh, in uh, the show description and on our website, the show notes where there's links on how to support, how to share the show, uh, things we talked about. Most importantly, share the show with your neighbor, with your friend, with the person you're about to box in the ring. Uh, yeah, before you before you box, give him one of these. Nerd. Uh, tell your esthetician about us. Yes. Tell your beautician, tell your orthodontist, your periodontist, all the donists. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the Jock and Nerd Podcast. My name is Imran. My name's Anthony. He's the jock. He's a nerd. We'll peep you next time. See? I got it. That's- there you go. the, the perfect guy to tell about the show is your urologist. Tell your proctologist. Yeah, yeah, as he's lifting your balls up. And you, sir, be like, are you waiting to receive my limp penis? You say that, and then you tell him, Jock and Nerd. Jock and Nerd. <laughs>